Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to episode 28 of WNGS Radio. Um, the reason why we're doing a little bit different intro here is because um, we actually did an interview on this podcast with the gaffer, and we were working out settings within Twitch to do a three-way interview, and in the process of this new format, uh, we messed up some of the audio in the first two minutes or so of the podcast. I think it normalizes around a minute 45 in, and my mic doesn't really start working until about eight minutes in, so please excuse any audio glitches in the first couple minutes, and enjoy the show. So this is the last show of 2020, um, and in, in keeping with the scarves that we sold last year, um, we're going to encourage 2020 to get fucked forever. This, um, uh, Trevor, thanks for being with us um, from California. No, I and, honestly, uh, we're, we're thrilled we're that, that you are back for what three more years? Is that, did you sign for a three-year deal? Yeah, um, As, you know, it's signed for three, but obviously, you know, you know, soccer, so it could be, you know, right? You lose. Like, we finally get back in August, you lose two games, you're like, that's it. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. So, we've had a lot of news uh, on the city side since we had a last show. Our last show was middle October, um, right after the, right right before the final. uh, Nisa Turney announced the reserve side. The men will be playing in the the, uh, Midwest Premier League. Um, which is a bunch of it'll be kind of like a return to NPSL for the reserves. Mm-hmm. How, you know, obviously you had a tremendous amount of input into that decision. What what led you to the decision? Like, why is now a good time, and what is that going to give City going forward? Right. Well, it was it was always part of the initial plan uh, when I first came in, but obviously over the last couple of years, obviously things have happened and and things like. Um, and need to be sorted out before we could get to that level. We need to stabilize the first team. Let's mm-hmm. let's change it to a professional culture. So that's been the main focus. But the but the, the focus was obviously on both sides, the male and females, was to have a reserve team, whether it's um, you know you call it a reserves, whether you call it an under twenty three team. It's not it doesn't have to be under twenty three team because it's not an under twenty three league. But right. what part of having that in there was obviously as part uh, as to build out our and try to build out our development pyramid, it had to be part of it. So um, in, in being able to put it out there, now it gives us the opportunity to start to develop a more more of our local talent, you know, more of our um, players who have come through the, the youth and the affiliate levels and the local levels to give them, to get them an opportunity to, to represent the club. And obviously to be developed as we as we try to do with the first team, as we do with the first team. So that was the having the an opportunity for for players who weren't quite not quite there getting the games for the for the for the first team and having to travel outside to try to find other teams of that right. that age bracket, if you like. So you can get people who are in college, people who've been the affiliates, people who live locally and they come home for summer or or, or whatever it may be, but it, it, it gets the young young players a chance to get into the club, get into the club culture, get into see what it is, how they're going to have to develop to, to you know make their way through the first team. Because ultimately, 
that's what we want to do. We want players, young players in the in the Detroit area to to work their way through, you know, eventually it will be youth level, but into the into the, the under 23 team, um, which will be a development team. Yes, we want to be competitive. Yes, we want to try to win because that's what the club does. The club always wants to do that. So that's not going to change. But it does give now, it gives us, or me with the first team, a chance to try to develop and see who we can, you know, and it's going to be exciting to see who works through and becomes the first players to, to right. go from the 23s into the first team because it will happen, you know. Yeah. So so that's why we wanted it. We wanted to attract more younger players um, so that the development starts younger. Obviously, we attract players to the first team and and to be competitive with the teams we play a lot a lot of them are older and and not going to develop too much more than they do individually but as collectively obviously we we, we get more out of them than we then we then probably people expect so that's good collectively but this is a chance for the you know for the young individual players to develop earlier to give them a better chance to be you know, hopefully plan for the first team and, and, and moving from there. Okay. Um, do, do you, um, do you conceive of this as an entirely separate roster or is it, is it more like, like, are we going to see guys like maybe Benny Tanyi um, and guys like that dropping down to get more games um, as part of their development? Yeah. I, I think it's um, to manage that with the first team players depending on what contracts they sign, can they then play in a amateur level if they've signed at some level of professionalism? So we have to think about that. It would be a great, obviously it would be great to be able to use the team as people who, as you say, not played as many games. Um, people have been injured and they're coming back and they need it. So they don't just come straight back to the first team and try to get match fit or game fit in in 30 minutes. Um, so it would be great to be able to use that group, the under-23s, obviously for the young, a different roster, but also for the, the advantage of the, the first team to get people playing time because you never know when they're going to get called upon, as we saw in the championship. And then, uh, and obviously, with injuries, it would be great to have, a, you know, players playing competitive matches as they recover their fitness. So, Trying to look at that to see if we can do that. Obviously, it's going to come down to um, what the NISA rules are, what the rules are as far as how we sign them regarding of, of professionals or amateurs or, or where we are with that. So so I would like to like to say that some we will use the league with some players and not getting playing time. Uh, and also, as I say, recovering players if they're, if they're recovering from injuries. But again, if not, then it... If we can't do that, um, then it obviously then would be a completely new roster if we could, weren't allowed to use them. But hopefully we will. Um, do we know who's who's coaching the under twenty threes at this point, or is that to be determined? It's still to be determined. Yeah, I, I think you know we've we wanted to, to keep it close. Um, you know, obviously I can't do it. To, you right. know, I can't. You right. know, the first team's too much for me. <laughs> I didn't have Tiffany. I want me to do the first team. So, um, uh, so we'd like to keep it, it close. But again, there are there are obviously 
Um, I've heard people who have, have saw the announcement and have, have certainly thrown their CVs in and would like to do it. Local guys and want to from outside, but as I say, I think um, it will probably be fairly local and, and we'll try to, to, do, to do that. We're still going to work that out because obviously, you know, training times, you know, will we train at Keyworth as the first team do? Will we train less times a week? Will we tr have to train in the evenings because some people work? And so we, I'm, I'm going to put that together and, and uh, work on that while I'm here, actually. And then when we get back next week or the week after, whenever it is, we can get back, uh, we'll, we'll put it into shape. But we are we are uh, talking to three or four guys about that position. It's, a lot of people want it, you know. It's, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's like, you know, if, if when I go, there'll be like 300 people want this job. So it's, it's you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're good jobs. They want to get involved. And then, you know, and they know that I'm closing in on 40. So they know I'm not going to be, they know I'm not going <laughs> to be around like too much longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, line that, line your shot up for 30 years. You know what I'm saying? You know, once I pass 40, <laughs> it's going to slow down. Um. I, Dion, I'm just kind of running through these questions like, like yeah, a jerk. no, you're good. You wanna... No, I'm like okay. trying to work out technical stuff. So, <laughs> okay, no, okay, good. <laughs> um, this is, I mean, this may be kind of a weird uh, question, but I know that you, um, in an earlier iteration, uh, were kind of tasked with setting up the LA Galaxy Academy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, back when MLS said, hey, academies, what, whoops, we need to do that. Right. Um, and, you know, um, and it didn't like it didn't go the way anybody hoped it would. I think um, the MLS academies, the about? MLS academies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like they they got kind of colonized by recruiters um, pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, is, does this feel like at all like another bite of the apple to you? Like, okay, I'm going to do this kind of want to set this up right this time, and like I'm not going to let the the recruiters, you know run me out or whatever yeah, you know right, right. Um, yeah yeah I, I think so i think it gives you know like with just like with the first team it, 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 you know i was given really a blank slate to put a professional um team on the field and and and, and ownership of you know they said that was that and they've kept to that they've said you know obviously they deal with the finances and they say what you know what we have and and inside if i stay Within that, I've had a free hand to do it. So I think, yeah, I think it does gives me a chance to actually um, try to build the pyramid uh, in a in a way that uh, will be about local local players and and on development rather than obviously just out and out recruiting to pull the best kids from the west coast. The, up in Seattle to come and play for it. So, so it, it will be, you know, as I said, it will be, um, then as you guys have seen me work with the first team, it, it is very much still about development, even though we're yeah. trying to win every game we play. So, so it's putting those two together. So I think, yeah, it gives, it gives me a bit of a, you know, a, a clean sheet to say, right, we'll go on, uh, let's see if we can, we can set this up in the best way. One for the, for the kids and players to have the opportunities, but also for the club, in the mid longer term, you know, seriously after I've gone, that that, that it's in a it's yeah. in a much better place. It's going the right way, you know. I actually um, have a related question to that. Um, would you would you say that the ability for you to do that as kind of a GM 
and head coach, the ability to build out that local pyramid was a big draw for you and your initial reason to come to Detroit? Yeah, it was. I mean, because it obviously, as I say, it was it was like, well, we've, we've been a, we've been an amateur team or an NBSL team and we've been quite successful and now we want to make this change. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that we had to put in place and we're still putting in place to make it a to get a professional culture. It's not just signing better players and paying players and say, right, we'll pay you. So even now we're a professional team. There's a lot more to that. So I think the fact that they the, the, the ownership at the vision that they wanted to build out the club, it wasn't they weren't just about can you put a team together to win the the members' yeah. cup or the as it turned out or or the Nisa Championship. It was like can we you know it, you know they they're very much invested obviously financially they're very much invested in their time and their efforts with the club. So I knew that right from the off. So it, it, it was it was a it, it was a good opportunity to build within the club. So it was just we did it top down rather than bottom up. Yeah, you know, some teams have a youth right. club and then then they get a you know a senior team and then they go to a pro team. We just did it the other way. So no, we're doing it the other way. But so there's some way to go yet. But that was the 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 plan well, from the off. Yeah, and you, so much has so much work has been put in at the top already, too. So mm-hmm. it kind of made sense to start from there. Go ahead, Sean. Um, Mike, like looking at the the spread of youth clubs we have now, and the mm-hmm. number—I don't know what's our total number of kids under our mm-hmm. banner. Um, we need more kids still, right? Mm-hmm. Like our, our base is not quite broad enough, I don't think. Um, no. So should. you know obviously no details but do we Mm -hmm. expect to continue to form more alliances with more youth clubs as we go i mean and do you think secondly to follow on has our has what we've done with the youth clubs that we're partnered with now do you think that's going to get our foot in the door with more clubs who were kind of maybe not sure about us before yeah Um, yeah, I think so. I think I think ideally we would we, we there would be more clubs to join or to to be affiliates of going forward. I don't think I don't think the club has a plan of having affiliates all over the place, but I think they do um, vision more. Um, obviously, this year was just so difficult for right. for everything as far <laughs> as being able to mix with anybody that it limited some of the interaction it certainly you know limited my interaction with you know our affiliates and that needs to that needs to be as as a one we can that needs to be uh, improved upon on my side that i spend more more time being being seen at with the affiliates and making sure that um you know we're actually uh, supplying what they need whether it's coach education whether it's you know it's anything that i can provide or our coaches can provide so that it's it's more accessible hopefully as i say once the world settles down a bit and and that will be able to do that unfortunately nobody could do any of that but i think i think the affiliate relationships will get stronger now um and i i would imagine that we would probably look to add any one or two other affiliates just to to build that up to get as you said to get more more kids. more uh, more kids together <laughs> to play right. and uh, and go from there do um 
I mean, at this point, do we have a kind of a rough estimate of what we're looking, what we think 2021 is going to be like? Are we, are we kind of like, okay, mm, let's plan to get maybe the second half of the year. We'll be able to do something. Is that, I mean, is that where we're at? <laughs> like, yeah. We're still waiting on the, obviously waiting on Lee directions as far as what the spring season is going to look like. You know, I think, um, and again, who knows what's going to happen in the next month or two after everybody's been together for so long and the, and the virus, but um, I would, I, I think they're making plans to play a spring championship, uh, a spring okay. league, whether that's, you know, uh, we, we started early, obviously last year, we played a game in February, whether that will be in March, April time, that would probably be the earliest, I imagine, mm-hmm. after seeing what happens over the next month or two. Um, and I think they'll do that. But I think the plan is still to play a spring league. Um, obviously, we're in the, the championship match already. So <laughs> winning the fall, we're actually in the final. We're in the championship. So right. we will play the spring. We will play this, the, the spring um, champions. So... so- so it's not true that if we win the spring championship, then we play with ourselves, right? That's not true. <laughs> no, I, I said we should play. I so should play the under twenty three team. The first team. We yeah. should put the under twenty three team in there. Play shirts and skins. You know that sort of game. But, it's a um, big kickoff for the for the U twenty three team. Like, ah, oh, there you go. Here's your here's your premiere. You're going to yeah, play yeah. the championship game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they'd probably yeah. beat us, and then that would all be everything. Right now, be fired. So, be fired for the twenty three. Yeah, the we team. we get taunted on the internet for the rest of our lives. Your reserve that's right. team beat you. Like, okay, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So I think the spring league will go on. I, I think they will start and play the spring league. I just, as I said, I think it'll be a little bit later, obviously, than, well, it is going to be because we're not playing next month. So it will be a bit later. But I think the, I think the, the spring league will, will go on in whatever fashion they decide to put it on I, in the end. I, um, I, I wonder how much are, okay, so you started in, in 2019 and you were tasked with, building an NPSL roster and then turning that into a professional roster in about three weeks, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> chop and change, let's do it. And yeah. then, and no then problem. we, and then it's like, okay, but you know, 2020 is going to be the year where we have a regular year. And then this happened and yeah. we're going to, you know, so I'm guessing like, I, I'm guessing you're really looking forward to 2022 when you can like <laughs> sign players, you know, when like camp is going to be and when the games are going to be, it's, you yeah. don't have to, like plan for the next two months provisionally and then want all that and throw it away. Like, yeah, absolutely. That, that's why I made it three years when they signed me because at least I'll get one normal, <laughs> one normal year one in normal there. One normal year in there. And win or lose, it'll be a normal year. So, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I want to be long enough for that to happen. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, if we get to the end of this year and we're still, we're still wondering, maybe we'll just, we'll just roll it over. Just, Keep three years in the future until everything clears up, and then yeah, like, it's fine. You should be my agent, John. You can be my yeah. agent. I, I mean, I don't know how good I would be as an agent, but I would be very pro you as an agent. So. I think that's, that's one of the strong points for agents. I think it yeah. is. You have to be very pro your person, your, your client. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how like Leo Messi's dad does it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, the only the only thing I have to ask you is um, we know that uh, Bakey and Gene are not going to be back. They both retired from mm-hmm. football. Um, 
don't know if you have any thoughts about, you know, what losing a guy like Bakey means. Um, to, I mean, I certainly have thoughts if you don't. So, you know, you're not, you're, you don't have to no, provide my, anything here. <laughs> my, my thoughts is it, it's a massive, it's a massive hole for us. I mean, it's a massive hole uh, and very difficult to, to fill. I mean, what he, you know, what Bakey did, arguably the best player in the last couple of years, people say yep. Steve and, and on, but arguably Bakey in our two seasons has been um, the best player. Obviously, he, he, he found it tougher this year because he took a lot of time off. Yeah. Um, and then coming into the tournament, he, it took him a while to catch up. But, you know, it just is his natural um, enthusiasm and work rate and appetite for the game. His still performances were still good. So, yeah. um, no, it'll, it's, a, it's a big loss for us. Um, it is a, you know, I can tell you now, I'm looking, I've looked around and obviously agents call me with all the different players. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult to fill that role. I yeah. mean, it's, it's not, there's not, there's not too many people out there who are available who, right. to come to Detroit and do a similar role to what Bakey did. So it is a loss. Um, um, but I, I totally understand his reasons and, and, uh, and obviously, I hope he's. I'm sure he'll be successful in whatever he does. I mean, he's right. he's very focused on. He's a very smart individual. So, uh, whatever he he decides to be doing, I'm sure he'll be successful. At. Yeah, that was um, uh, something that I was going to remark upon that you just said. Mm -hmm. That there's it's it's hard to even like you know. I'm thinking as you're talking like over all of the central midfielders I can think of. And mm -hmm. there's really not a like for like for Bakey. Um, no. You know, you're going to have to play a little differently in the midfield because yeah. there's not going to be that kind of, you know, yep. controller. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's, 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 as I say, it's, um, it, is, it is a little bit unique, but what he gives you is there's not too many people, certainly in our level, who does that. And that's right. obviously a big, big loss for us. So, um, you know, um, I'll probably be calling him. Hopefully he's fed up working and, <laughs> yeah. and um, why, don't you, why don't you come out of retirement? Because right, exactly. Let's I think, give him six uh, months. I, I think I've got, I've, I don't know how long to give him. I, I mean, to give him like maybe three months and then say, well, what about now? Now right, I'll call you back in three months and see if you're ready. Um, yeah, just, no, just have a little tickler just, note that everything's bothering right. him. Right, yeah. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Oh, sorry, did I butt dial you, Bakey? Sorry, I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, you must have butt dialed well, you. How, how are you? How's the job search going? But, uh, yeah, so that could happen. I'm not saying it will, but it could happen. There's definitely yeah. a uh, extensive network of supporters that would be willing to uh, help you um, bug Bakey into returning. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I can I'm, think of it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be a campaign that one I could imagine. Yeah, so. but, the bring uh, Bakey back campaign. Uh, yeah, I respect I respect him for uh, his decision for now, and we'll see. Um, I totally understand his decision. So let's, as I say, let's um, let's see where he is in right. a month right. or so. <laughs> Outstanding. So um, we actually good. have a few questions in chat too, Trevor. If you still have time. Oh, awesome! Absolutely. Um, cool. Um, so we've got one from JX82, and uh, he asks, what uh, was your reaction to the ownership sale, and how many shares did you secretly get? 
Um, reaction was obviously they they told me they were going to do it and uh, and I tried to catch up a little bit about what it meant because I weren't that um, knowledgeable about how it all worked. To be <laughs> fair, I tried to have a crash course into what it meant and um, and uh, uh, so and obviously I what happened i imagined it would happen i didn't you know i mean what happened when they did it you know I, you know there was uh, there was no surprises of of how many people invested um uh but i do have a number of alias names but i don't want to mention them on tv <laughs> on this podcast in case somebody sues me later for, uh, for having uh, more than one cheer for sure, Doctor Theodore Marchpane. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a, I think it's a conflict of interest. I I I don't allow to be an owner and a coach. I don't think. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we had owner player players. <laughs> like owner players. But yeah, um, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Good. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that I um I just finished the. Detroit City. I did Detroit City for Football Manager, so you can download it and play Detroit oh, right, City. Right. And um, I made you the general manager and head coach, so when people take over Detroit City, you stay as a general manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you have and to I also threw... Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, I just didn't want to, like, we got the best scout in, in lower league soccer. I didn't want to lose him. <laughs> like, have him just go away. Like, so, um, and uh, I also made... Dway, he one of the players. He's an owner, the technical director, meaning he hires like the coaching staff. That's right. And and a player. Yeah. Um, so and you know, <laughs> he's not he's he's not good. I mean he's, he's very he's very good if he doesn't have to move. Um, right. but he's right. thirty eight, so his you know, his physicals are pretty bad. Right. Um, but and he's he, in there. Yeah. So <laughs> And he has another disguise that he that you sometimes see him in. Yeah. He's very <laughs> So he's, not, he's, he's everything. He's, yeah, everything he is. he's done everything. <laughs> he's all over. <laughs> um, getting back to that, the the ownership shares, I think it was, it's always like, I, I never at the end of it am surprised, but always at the beginning of it, I'm like, mm, I, I wonder if this is going to work. Like, that's a lot of money. Right. Um, and it was the same way with like the Keyworth renovations when they told us a number Initially, and then the number that finally came out, it was a much higher number uh, after it launched from what we were initially told. And so we did it and it wasn't a surprise, but it was like in that initial phase where I was like, ooh, that's like, are we going to do it? And then as it as the process starts and you see the money coming in and the numbers growing, Mm -hmm. it's always a pleasant surprise. And then like, oh, well, yeah, Uh we're the best, of course. There was never Mm -hmm. any doubt Uh like we were going to do it. But it's right. always like, ooh, who knows? And uh, yeah, it was. It, what did what did you guys think of it? What did you, I mean when it was when it was put out there? I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean you, as a supporters group and so on. I mean, that was. You I, I was this thing? I was enthusiastic about it. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, because we've said all along the line that, like, you know, our owners need to. We tell our owners like, move with confidence. Like, we've got your back. And then we went into the pandemic and, you know, it's clear that the money's not coming in. Um, none of our revenue streams are still working. We're probably going to have to pay back sponsors who already gave us money. Um, so, you know, I, I felt like this is our time. Like, you mm-hmm. know, um, we've said we'll step up. And 
the thing that, that I hope that people understand is we got an absolute money gusher out of that. I mean, they, I think they put it at 1.8 million. Um, and, but the thing to remember is that they got massively oversubscribed. So there's a lot of verified investors who have been moved out of that just to get the number down to 1.8 million. So yeah. I, I, you know, they, they got somewhere between two and two and a half, maybe 3 million. They got a lot of money wow. out of this wow. and that, you know, you need that, nest egg to be secure in this mm -hmm. in this uh, yeah. world so um you know that for me i was enthused that they were willing yeah. to um and i you know i know that people are talking about ownership shares and stuff like that you know i, I that is something i i try to kind of discourage <laughs> like look yeah. this group of guys these five guys have have made the decisions that have gotten us to where we are we do not want to Put a fan <laughs> member on in there just so like you have one jerk who's there saying, but what about the beers or whatever our concerns are like, <laughs> let's the, the decision makers have done great. Let's leave them alone. Um, yeah. yeah don't mess let's with just give something that's not broken. Give them money to the extent that you can and can afford it. And yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't no. feel bad about it at all. I felt, no. you know, gl yeah. glad that they, didn't just kind of hold on to their pride and let the whole thing come apart, you know? Right. Right. Well, I think I should have spoke to you with the, you spending those, telling me those numbers. I should have spoke to you before I negotiated my contract. <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, if, because, I'll go back after this and we'll talk about my terms, but I'll be I'm going to say, because <laughs> if I would have known them sort of figures, I might have been a little bit different with my contract. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Jackie has uh, Dion's yeah. got two questions Let's for Jackie in the one. chat, next. so I don't want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so first, Jackie asks: um, Are there any current youth players? You don't need to name any specific names or anything, um, but if you do, that'd be cool. But you don't have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we have our eyes on for the U23 squad. So, have you done some scouting in the youth teams already, where you have some players that you like potentially for the coming season? Um, we've had, I've had conversations. I haven't gone out and seen obviously because we couldn't see games and all that of sort course. of business. So I haven't I haven't seen too much. But I've had conversations with local uh, John Evans, for example, did very well in his house. Gone obviously he's he's got Benny's um, Benny's brother um, who did ex did extremely well this year. So uh, you know, and through John and 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 the other affiliates, I'm aware of some of the what they feel are the stronger, younger players whether they're you know just finishing high school or they're they're, they're in university so uh, we have names i can't i can't say that i know them and how good they are or who plays where so i wouldn't yeah. do that but we have had conversations You've amongst got a list. the coaching <laughs> staff and the affiliates to have a well if you're going to do it you know you should you know he should bring him in or he could be good enough or but uh, no, no further in that. Basically, because it, we were all sort of locked down with it, really. Yeah. But, uh, but obviously, that will that will now pick up once once we get into into January, and and obviously we need to arrange, you know, when when that team is going to get together, and you know, regular tryouts. Yeah. Are we going to have under twenty? Are we going to have under twenty three? You know, tryouts or a combine with. You know, so so we're going to look at all that and try to schedule that. Obviously, between now and when the time they start, you know, listening and and obviously working against the, you know, working with the science and the 
the virus and COVID situations uh, within the state and everything, as I keep saying, after the, the festivities of, um, you know, have yeah. <laughs> unfortunately all sort of added up to, to high numbers again, I imagine, but let's hope not. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, and so her uh, second question was, um, and actually I think this is something that no, I haven't heard about anywhere. So this is actually, this is actually a really good question. Um, Jackie's curious to know um, what your experience is like when the club went to New York during the pandemic and Javi took over um, on-site responsibilities and coaching and stuff like that. What was that experience like for you and for the club to mm -hmm. um, kind of turn that over? Right. Well, for me, it, it was uh, it was very difficult. I'll be honest, it was a terrible time um, because uh, obviously I was uh, Tiffany obviously travelled with the team and, and, and took care of all what she does um, and I was at home. I was home you know um, just having constant you know conversations with with Harvey and um, one or two players who whether they were going to be fit, whether they weren't going to be fit, this type of thing. Uh, before we could get to uh, get to the point of of naming a team, a starting team, um, and then then once the game started and watching it, it was even worse because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, and what I will say on that, I told I, I told um, at the game, I told Moises, the equipment manager, to have his phone <laughs> on on silent on vibrate on the bench, just in case there was anything that I saw that I thought needed to uh, to be passed on to Harvey, um, who I had, you know, um, had no problem. I knew Harvey would do a good job. I was never questioning that. There's was never a question <laughs> of that. But when you're watching a game, you sometimes see things, and Harvey sees things, and he tells me, obviously, I see things that he doesn't see. So it's, it's, a, it's just that those eyes. And watching it from home, sitting on the couch, uh, I said, hey. so he did that, but the only thing was I kept texting him and he just kept blanking my text messages. <laughs> so I was giving him, I was giving him <laughs> messages and he was refusing to pass it on to Harvey. Oh, so come on, as boy. that was happening, I kept, <laughs> I kept, I kept texting him more because I was getting more and more uptight. But the fact that he hadn't passed the message off. But that was, uh, he, he finally did it. I think he got all the messages at once and he went crazy and said like, and then it was too late now to say that, but he said something I just else. gave them all at once. So, um, yeah, he got all the texts. I think he forgot it was then. He looked at his phone and there was about four text messages and and he, and I watched him on TV slide up to Harvey and give it the whisper. Like, uh, <laughs> and then uh, he was like, He's yeah, like scrolling was, on his phone. Like yeah, but that was twenty. That was twenty minutes ago. So it's too late now. Oh my so, god! Yeah. So it, it was uh, Jackie. It was tough, and um, uh, so you couldn't but, just uh, sit and watch it as a fan. Like you were still. Oh no! no <laughs> it was like, terrible. Seeing all the little things that need adjusting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just a fan, and I can't sit and watch it like That's a fan. True. I'm it's like in true. agony the whole time. The game. <laughs> like people want to talk to me. I'm like, stop! Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I think I think happening. between the fifth and between the fifth and tenth minute, I recognised that the two fullback, the two wing backs, Kevin and um, Jimmy, I think it was. Jimmy. Um, 
were starting far too high. Right. <laughs> and affected. They're too high. They're starting too high to tell Harvey to get Kevin to be start deeper. He's too high because of the, the guy and Goli who's very good out yeah. there. Um, I said he's too high. Uh, and and he it was no response from that text. So <laughs> 10 minutes later I texted again. Tell they're too high, you know. So it, it was in a we're doing caps this time. You're like yelling it so, out the window. No, I'm really shouting. <laughs> so, so we had a couple of those, but um, but I've got to say that you know the performance was very good, very hard. It was a very, it's always really hard. You got to defend a long time there, but they did it and they battled and they and they, and obviously got a great result. So yeah, you know that was uh, but uh, yeah, but not not the. Not the best for me, not the best for my heart condition. I would say watching that game on television, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but a great result. So I, um, uh, let's see, which one do you want to go with? We've got a couple more questions and I think, no problem. Gonna, yeah, gonna let's, go with Joe's. With let's go with Joe's, uh, Joe's, Joe's asking, uh, when Moy is being promoted to the coaching staff, like Nate, the great and Ted Lasso. Uh, which I've never seen, but I guess is great. Yeah, no. I haven't watched. That's it a great yet. question. That's a great question. And if you ask Moises, or if, if you, he would think he is already on the coaching <laughs> staff. That's what I was going to say. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's he probably is unofficially. He's not been right. made official, but um, uh, he uh, he does everything else. He does so many jobs, so that he might as well have a voice in the in the coach's office. Right. But. Um, but no, he's he, he, you know he, he's he's really good at what he does. He's a really good, he's really good. is a, a very good kit man, um, equipment manager. You know, something like called kit man. He kit sometimes man. get it's, it's a little bit offensive to call me a kit. <laughs> he does man. a lot I mean, more than just. Kits. I'm, I'm a lot more than that, you <laughs> yeah. know. And, you know, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, they say to me, "I could coach the team, fatty." So get out of the way, you know. <laughs> This is the sort of thing he says to me. I, I 100% guarantee Moises never said that. <laughs> Moises, Moises I, I will tell you that I do. I have fired Moises on, on quite a few occasions. Normally, at least once keep a day. Up the next day. Yeah, yeah, once a day I fire him. It's just like Groundhog Day. And he turns up again. <laughs> but it's, it's once a day he's fired. He thinks he's working for George Steinbrenner. That was the old thing under George Steinbrenner that people. I, I went to I went to college with it, one of his kids, and oh, Hal, Hal used to tell us that like if Billy Martin would have instead of having a press conference after he got fired, just go home and come back the next day, his dad would have forgotten about it. Like he fired people, and like he just said he fired you every time he was irritated with you. <laughs> yeah, so, get it's out a bit of like that with yeah with Moises. Yeah, he's a bit like that with Moises. So. Uh, um, but I normally tell him I'm going to fire him um, later in the day so he could still do all his jobs before I do it. <laughs> yeah, so, you don't want him to walk so off. I would give yeah. a heads up. I mean, but I'm not going to do it now, so <laughs> make sure you're doing the laundry. Yeah, you yeah know, before then, you leave. Before you're, you're out yeah, of the <laughs> so. Oh, my God. This was a great conversation, Trevor. Um, yes. I think I think we're good on questions. Do you have anything you you want to fill in, say to the supporters? Um, final words. I would. Yeah, I just would. I would just like to thank everybody. Um, obviously, for you know, it goes without saying the support and everything we've had. Um, well, for, for the two years I've been at the club, but certainly this year with everything 
you know, you, the, the, again, the supporters have, have, have really shown that it, it is your club. So I thank everybody for the support of that. And I also thank, um, thank you guys uh, for all the all the kind messages and, and remarks were made when we when we signed. I say we because obviously Tiffany comes with me. I, I think right. they signed me because they wanted Tiffany to stay. To be fair. <laughs> but, but when they I mean, when uh, when we did re-sign, um, obviously there was a lot of uh, kind remarks out there about coming back and and that and obviously. And again, appreciating not not only what you know we do on the technique on the football side, but also uh, what Tiffany is doing. And and I know there was one one um, tweet I think about she you know she gets ten percent of the she does seventy percent of the the work, but she's she's not um, I was appreciated to that level, and that's probably true. So thank everybody for the messages on both me and Tiffany and recognizing that. Um, as I said. It, it, I look forward to a. a I want. I want to keep, keep. Keep. People keep saying to me, "Have a better 2001, uh, 2021." And I thought, well, we actually won it in twenty, so <laughs> I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah, we'll win it and and then better. Yeah, but, win it uh, better. <laughs> but, you know, so yeah. so Maybe. hopefully the year is better for everybody and and the club can get, as I said, back to where we want to go and and everybody can be back. At, when we can, everybody can be back at the stadium. Made a massive, it's a massive loss for us. Not financially, obviously it is, but but for the players, it's a it's a massive loss to play um, without you being there. Um, so, yeah. and again, I think you saw that from when they won the when we won the cup. Once they'd done the picture that they had to do, um, they just wanted to get over the other side where you guys would have been, and and as they do, celebrate with you. But so it is a you know, I look forward to the day that everybody can come back and we can, you can uh, shout bad words at me and <laughs> things like that. Um, uh, and I'll try to ignore them, but, I'll, but it's hard. Um, and then, uh, and then get back. Right. But just a big, yeah, that's right. A big thank you though for everybody, as I said, and all the support. Um, in signing this contract, uh, just to let you know about it, 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 it became a three-year contract because rather than, you know, it could have been one year, obviously it's with the uncertainty of everything, it's it's it, it's great support from the, the ownership of the club to want to make that commitment uh, because they knew that we, we wanted to get a home in the area. We wanted to be at home in Detroit and obviously we were renting a, a place because, again, as you know, football jobs, they come and right. then suddenly you've gone. So we rented. But so, so to, to give us a little bit of stability like that and have that length of contract is allowing us to buy a, buy a home in Detroit um, and be part of the community. And that's, that's I think huge. That was, uh, yeah, that's you know, so and that's a, big, <laughs> that's a big thank you to Sean and the other owners as far as recognizing that that's what we want to do. We want to be part of it. And, uh, and that's why it got to three years. You know, I mean, I was pushing for ten, but uh, <laughs> but um, it still would have they still would have fired me anyway. So it uh, so so that's why it went to three. And obviously, Tiffany's um, hard at work finding that home, and and uh, so that we will be in the city somewhere and uh, and be part of of part of the club going forward. 
but thank you to everybody really yeah thank, thank you trevor for everything um yeah. <laughs> beyond just this episode but just everything the last you know two two seasons two years it's been mm-hmm. um i know when when you first uh did the meet and greet at the clubhouse um it was pretty apparent from the get-go that you kind of understood what this was about and you've shown every day that you understand that and believe in and believe in it and want to actively contribute to it as well and mm-hmm. can't thank you enough yeah. um so it's our pleasure guys it's our pleasure yeah so, so, I, um, as i said i'm just a as sean said i'm gonna you know when i lose two games and you fire me and you're gonna be putting <laughs> stuff like you know, because even some of the players do, like George Chemikoff will sing if we don't get a good result, he'll sing sacked in the morning. Too, which is you know, which I think is unfair coming from a player. But uh, but the, so that's why I should start him more so that he can't sing that. All right. Well then 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 you can show up at his the the team he manages. Yeah and like that's right. you know, then, sing sacked in the morning at him. That's right, I will. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're Trevor, gonna thank do... you so much. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I just I was just going to say, Trevor, thank you so much, and we'll uh, we'll see you, we'll see you again soon. Um, and, and speaking of Tiffany, I would really like to have Tiffany on yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yes, you know, um, because you, should, you know, least she... you get somebody sensible for a change. <laughs> <wouldn't you>? so, <laughs> well, in, in the know. side of the club, I think it, you know every club has somebody. Every club that's worth a crap has somebody like Tiffany. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's not something that really gets examined. I think no. very often is like, what, what do players need to be happy and fulfilled and all that kind of thing. So um, oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. The amount that they need, you know, the players <laughs> yeah. need, uh, you know, and, and you do need somebody sensible and with a little bit of feeling and not like me, you know, a horrible person like me to deal yeah. with it. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, there's I am a place evil. I'm, a, I, the I'm like, I'm like Doctor Evil. That's what I'm like <laughs> at the, at, uh, in the in the club. So she 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 looks after them, and obviously they they appreciate what she does. Um, and uh, so yeah, I'm sure I'm sure give her give her a text or a call. I'm sure she'll come on. And but if she says anything bad about me, that's not true. Okay, <laughs> let me just get that in. There. Just uh, if she says anything sort of negative about yeah. me, then. That I think the next negative thing she says about that would uh, yeah you one. press you press the button delete yes delete off, <laughs> we'll mute off. we'll mute her just have a, uh, like yeah. a, mute her that's we'll right out. I don't know what happened <laughs> to her microphone that's right yeah <laughs> all right guys well I appreciate all right. it all yeah. right thanks, thanks for Brad. being on and thanks for the show and anytime anytime you need me let me know but reach out to Tiffany because you'll obviously get yeah. some sense we'll reach out <laughs> to your handler. Um, handle that's right <laughs> but we're gonna Next take we a, a quick intermission um i'm gonna get it back to the two call setting and then we got a couple more things we're gonna talk about um to end out the episode and um thank you again trevor and uh good. we'll talk soon <laughs> good thank yeah, you stay guys safe. all right stay safe <laughs> okay, bye bye
We did we leave? Oh, we did. No, we're back. Yeah, we we did. We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> okay, cool. So that was awesome. Um, <laughs> A little couple I technical mean, difficulties to begin with. Sorry, everyone. Sorry about the yeah the weird audio <laughs> echoing. Um, yeah, I you know just to kind of pick up the thread from from where we left it. I I think signing Trevor and Tiffany for three more years. Um, is a, a tremendous show of strength on the part of the club to show that, like, look, we're still building shit. I, you know, I know everyone else is trying to figure out how the fuck you're going to survive. We're not having those questions. We are, we're going to keep dominating. And when we come back, we're going to be bigger and better than we were before. So get ready to eat that shit is <laughs> what every other club in America should be saying right now, I think. It's true. Um, <laughs> everyone should be like, oh, I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I, you know, we're getting to the point where we're building, we're building more real soccer infrastructure than, you know, MLS sides for some of them. Um, and, uh, certainly the, a lot of USL championship sides. Um, and on the women's side, I, most of the, I don't know how many NWSL teams even run a reserve team. I don't think that's a thing. I mean, Chicago used to, because they had a really deep, local player pool and and always took a million draft picks but i think they've kind of maybe gone away from it i don't know i don't i haven't seen red stars in uws yeah i don't know so i i feel like um i've done did did some research in the last week or so and there are more teams than i realized that have reserve teams and and it because they built the team exists because of a pre-existing youth. Well, it's because they're coming out of a youth. Exactly, and so I don't know how many teams have done it the other way around. I I don't think very many. I can't find too much. I mean, evidence you know, to be honest, it makes more sense to build from a youth platform. It does if you've got one. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you get the money. Got one built. Like, <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. the money that way. Well, I mean, you know, that's the that's the horrible. If you want to know why soccer doesn't progress in America, because all the rules in America are made about around whoever makes money. And the people who make money in America are youth soccer programs, big travel teams, Varger. Like, look at how much their coaches are paid. It's insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's why that's why we can't touch those yep. guys, because we're not we're not going to pay a coach eighty five thousand dollars a year for a youth you know? team. Yeah, um, for you know, that's I mean, that's what you're talking about. You know, um, Watts' ass for Scott Gallagher, um, I can't remember his name, he's a former fire player. He makes like $375,000 a year to run a youth, to run Scott Gallagher youth program That's down in St. Louis. Now, now, it is truly an enormous, it's an enormous program, but that is, that is obscene. Yeah. And that's where, that's where it goes wrong for America in soccer. That's <laughs> a whole another soccer. rabbit hole that we're not going to um, in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk NISA. You think everyone else who's shitting their pants? Let's talk about them. Yep. Let's talk about the pants shitters, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, these guys are new. The teams we're talking about are new, so I don't know how much they, you know, they don't even have like rosters. Yeah. So they're probably not. But Chicago is about to pick a name. Um, have you been following that. that campaign? That... A little bit. Like I just, I just see <laughs> it, it on Twitter. It always so pops up. Um, yeah. Let's. See I was where disappointed when Haymarket went away. So. There, you know, there was that some... was my. I was like, "Haymarket, awesome!" But no, so. <laughs> they're get, like they're down to like eight, like the... I think, and like, and it's like Sting and Elevated, and mm, I don't know. Okay, 
Um, Where are we at? Okay, we're, the eight left. Chicago Athletic Club. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> Second City FC. I don't know why you'd want I mean, to be right. like second place in your name, but okay. I mean, that's part of their identity, but I think that just think about know, how maybe it's just because I'm old. I think that. of Second City TV. Think yeah. about like okay, well, we're first city, they're second city. Like uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Point Chicago. One point. Okay. Yeah. So, but the thing is, okay, that's <laughs> here's what I want to know because that's, that's supposed to be about Point de la Salle, yes. right? Who's yes. like the but it's it then it's French, so it shouldn't be Point. It should be Point. Point. And I just want to I want to know if they're going to pronounce it Point Chicago. Chicago because that would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> and like the reasonings for these, like all these names, if you they they have a graphic on their Twitter with the name finalists, the top eight. And like, it goes into a reasoning behind each one. And like, so these first three names, the reasoning is like decent, but the names just aren't great. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so four is Chicago bricklayers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Laying bricks you know. again. Uh, you, you know, the basketball team is never <laughs> going to take that. So <laughs> yeah. Chicago sting, which is a classic name, but I think they want to like, get away from that i think they want a new yeah, identity but i think they ought i think they ought to i think they ought to just go for it they should you know? they really just should i mean it's it's because i mean I, I really think a lot of their initial supporter base is going to be old state fans, fans who yeah. who have decided the fire sucks because um, they can see <laughs> the the chicago railmen Okay, well, what do you Yeah, Railman, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. women's team, like, we... Railman, different rail name. Man. Okay. Sure. Chicago House, because of House music, music, arts, cultural. But, like, Detroit invented okay. techno, so, okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does feel like a lot of the really better names got weeded out. And then early. the last one, eight, was Elevated Chicago paying homage elevated, yeah. to the, the, L. The, the L. Yeah, <laughs> the loop, the subway system's called the L train, so right. Elevated Chicago. I mean, it is a distinctive part of Chicago, for sure. So all um, these names are unique, I guess. They're, they're, they're very, like, Americanized sports teams' names, which I mean, people Chicago are getting... Chicago AC is that. Yeah, Chicago AC is probably the only one that's more traditional, and I guess second like, city Like, are, are you going to start a handball team, or, like, <laughs> well, field hockey? How are you growing like, out this club? <laughs> right, it's an athletic club. It should have more than one sport. Yep, for sure. So... The names are, you know, what they are. I, I don't hate. I don't hate any of them. I'll say that. I'm just no. Like, no, they're just. Okay. I mean, we're gonna beat any of them. This anyway. is where. So. Like I, I wonder how much because, like you know, obviously I have I have strong opinions about Peter Wilt and um, a lot of them are fairly positive and this is something he's very good at is finding the right iconography. I'm a little surprised that he threw out 30, 64 suggestions and let the Hoy Polloi. <laughs> like run their fingers over it like um because i uh, you know unless he's got a thumb on the scale and it's it's always going to be the sting or it's always going to be elevated or whatever you know yeah um it seems like really a, a, a huge opportunity to get handed a you know a shit sandwich by your <laughs> na- by your nascent supporters like here's the name we want like oh great you know it's i mean i mean it comes from having worked in advertising before and knowing that the more options you give, the more likely You're the client is to suggest one. the shittiest yeah. one. 
So it's 64 to choose it. from. There's so many shitty ones to get in there. I don't know. It's, it's mostly, it's honestly, it's mostly <laughs> shitty ones. Like the odds are a lot yeah. better for the shitty ones. Than the <laughs> just statistically. Um, so, okay. Yeah. That's the Chicago. That's There's it. A couple uh, other Rochester. Things. We apparently added Rochester somewhere in there. Right? Is it at all related to the rhinos? I don't think so. I think it's it's a separate group that's trying to capitalize on the kind of memory of the rhinos. Okay. Um, and the fact that they were at one point like the clear leader of the non MLS clubs in, in the United States. But that point was like what, the late nineties, early two yeah. thousands? Like it's yeah. twenty years ago. Um, they haven't had a club for a while. Yeah. Um I think I think the rhinos came back for a while in USL and then like went down I, oh I, yeah they I, did I, play before i think it was even before it like split into like championship and league one yes, and all that where it was just usl whatever pro yeah yeah pro, it was called. usl pro yeah that's what it was <laughs> so that would be like like 2009 or something um so yeah uh but you know uh, rochester we're adding there's there's uh, john prutch who's the commissioner um put out a big statement around i think christmas time saying hey you know kind of a here's where we are it was a letter from the league yeah right that was that was full of positivity of course um but it does seem like they've been able to kind of move from strength to strength over this over the fall and and winter um first from you know actually getting the nisa tournament going and the bubble working and getting nisa nation kind of off the ground the independent cup, like they've kind of, they've really drawn a lot of threads together here while things have yeah, been shit. During um, a pandemic. Yeah. Right. Um, my only concern is, is that because they have a lot of time? Because I think a lot of the people that work in the NISA front office, it's their second job. So is this like a pandemic effect? Like they don't have as much work to do so they can kind of really mm, dig into NISA and that's going to go away that. once they, yeah. Um, you know, and, and like, and they're a small organization, so they obviously have some holes. And, and, you know, like I pointed out back when I was writing about the NISA um, tournament, like they didn't quite know how to handle journalists at a game. You know, they just don't know what journalists want, I guess. Like, yeah. Okay. You've never done this before. I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so I mean, I just kind of kept going up to them and going, okay, look, as a journalist, you're going to want, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. All this other crap, I don't need it. You know, I need stats. I need good lineups, um, and you know, up to the date like injury information and shit like that. Besides that, I, you know, I don't need a lot. So I don't yeah, know. the letters that seems to be going well. Good. The letters really good, actually. Yeah. I just posted in the yeah. chat. For people should check it out um, to give you kind of like a state of the state or state of the league, I should say, <laughs> um, because there's a there's a lot of information this in there about how the year went and where the year is or where next year is going. Um, so definitely check it out. Also some, um, didn't they have like a good social justice portion of the letter as well? Um, where they were talking. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they did. Finally, I'll, I'll quote, Finally, NISA is taking an active role in confirming we are an anti-racist organization committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion for all of our athletes, staff, and supporters. At our 2020 Fall NISA Championship Tournament, we, along with our players, put together a framework for our DEI um, program. That's that 
diversity, equity, and inclusion program. Um, it That's will be right. the uh, it will be the voice of independent soccer to change in the fight for anti-racism and social justice for all. Um, and so they look forward to getting back to play safely in the spring. Thank you for your support. Have a blessed, safe holiday season. We're making history, quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, so the, the main thing for me is that we don't have, it doesn't seem to me that we, we don't need to clinch up and worry whether our league is going to exist in the spring. Yeah. Um, which is a big relief to me. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. that's been a constant, you know, I mean, really since, since I got hired, um, you know, back in 2018, that has been like the kind of under, uh, the, the, the base tone yeah. of the, of the sound that you get out of Detroit city is we're doing great, but ha ha, we don't really have a league. We're having to kind of create leagues constantly, you know, <laughs> um, so really great to not have that shit going on. Yeah. Um, Can focus and, on building you know, up hopefully, the club. Well, and the, the, the other league. thing is, I, I think, right, another big thing for us is that, you know, the, the our guys, we're not like, for example, Sean Mann and Todd Crop are not spending 15 hours a week trying to figure out this league that they're also creating. Like, they can actually just do things for the club now. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, so I feel good about that. On the other side, they do seem that Nisa does seem kind of open to being, you know, uh, <laughs> to giving to giving a lot of um, credibility to complete jerk offs. <laughs> um, and that's like the nicest way you could have put that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. We're talking about the New Jersey. We're talking about the New Jersey Teamsters here specifically. I am talking about the the Teamsters um, who just rebranded to Teamsters with a Z um, in what looks like a cease, a cease and desist move, right? <laughs> like you can't be named the Teamsters. Okay, well, how about the Teamsters? It's different. Like, it's oh different. my god, it's so bad, dude. It's so bad. It's different. Um, can't you sue know. us if it's different. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a shit on them, but there are shits that are out to be taken, you know. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, and I hope that you know, at some, you know, you're always in a place in a situation like this. Given how low the buy-in is, you're always gonna fall prey at some level to a dude with a decent PowerPoint who doesn't have the backing, <laughs> right? I mean. Um, well, isn't that like, that's like the pros and cons of NISA, right? Like it, you right, gotta right. give, it's exactly. open system-ish. Well, you gotta give right. them the light of day because it's like one of the fundamental pillars uh, of Good the luck, league. you know, we'll see. And then, and then <laughs> yeah, and then, but then, yeah. And, and I think that everybody just needs to kind of like understand that like these, these ownership groups don't have to show a lot of bona fides to, to get involved. Um, so we're going to have kind of false starts and they're going to have people that, you know, okay, look at Charlotte FC, um, Charlotte, Charlotte FC was announced, um, and where to go. Well, where it went was the guy who was, who was saying he was going to bring the team there is in jail for fraud, um, because (laughs) he basically stole all the money that he was going to use to make this team from, from an, like he was working as like a, financial advisor a middleman or like i know he was, he was working for <laughs> wells fargo 
and like got a, he was like in a call center or something got an old guy on the phone got him to give him all this all this information what? and like I cleaned didn't the dude out for like eight hundred thousand dollars holy shit yeah yeah so he's going to jail um i had no idea about any of that <laughs> yeah and that's so that's why charlotte fc isn't a thing anymore um and we'll have things like that. And it's not that Neeks of just a bunch of jerk offs who are like just running around taking checks, but like, what are you going to do? I mean, how much vetting can you do? This guy says, he says, yeah, I'm here and I'll get, I'll get with you for everything else. I mean, that's normal. You know, you, yeah. people don't walk around with big packets of like all their financials and everything. Like, yeah. you know, I'm interested in this. And they're like, okay, get us, let us know about your banking info and, and let's make sure you got to, you know, you're going to pass the whatever. And, you know, we never got to that point with him. Yeah. And and in the meantime, it turns out he was, you know, full of shit. Um, That's going to happen. So, you know, I I just I want to kind of try to get everybody to understand that that's going to happen so that like we don't have this constant rending of the garments every time some other team is a jerk off. Like, yeah, it happens. <laughs> There's it's going to keep happening. Lower division soccer right. in the United States. There's going to be jerk offs. Well, I mean, <laughs> soccer everywhere. Soccer everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is part of it, right? This is a way. Like most of the people owning clubs are doing it, you know, they, they'd like to get a return, but it's really kind of an ego thing. And, you know, they want it, they want competitive, you know, there's the idea that there's all these people who are just like, I want my community to have beautiful football. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> um, you know, and what we've seen in world football is that, you know, it is hard to vary. I mean, you know, you get, we get guys that take over like championship sides in, in England, and it turns out that they're all of their wealth is a fraud because they're from overseas and it, it takes years to finally determine like, yeah. Oh shit, these guys can't, this was all fraud. <laughs> um, you know, so it happens, you know, the, the idea that the idea that you could buy, you know, Wrexham and like be full of shit for two years before everybody finds out like, Whoa, he doesn't have any money. He just refinanced the team on it. Like, you know, that happens. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so, so it's a lot, it's a lot harder to buy Wrexham than it is to like, write Nisa an email and say, you know, I'm in Greensboro, South Carolina, and I want to start a team. Like, okay, cool. You know, do you have any money? Do you have a place to play? Awesome. Cool. What do you want to call it? it? We'll put it on the website, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so, anyway. so that's Nisa in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Nisa exactly. in 20 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but now like, so we're going to have a league next year. Sounds like, um, yeah, honestly, I think, I think, from what I have heard, expecting like we'll probably start playing in May. Um, whether I mean, or not there are fans there depends a lot on um, each each state's pandemic thing, planning. I, mean, I know they, I know they want to say they're going to have a spring schedule, but I also take Sean Mann at his word when he says that it just doesn't make financial sense to play games without fans. Yep. And if it doesn't make sense for us, it probably doesn't make sense for the other people. Cause it's not like, you know, stump town is getting TV money, you know, yep. like all of their revenue is coming from shit. They're selling on game day. Um, so it so, really I mean, depends. I, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to take a crap on what Nisa is saying. Uh, but for me, I'm thinking more like August. Oh, like, I don't know. You know, like I, a fall I think season. May, I think May, I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. I hope it. I hope it is. Um, and I hope that we can 
like, can you imagine if they're like, okay, we're going to have, we can have li- limited seating. We can only have 1500 people or something. Can you imagine the like knife fights between everybody to get those tickets? <laughs> well, I, I like think what how, you do, how many new journalists there would be. Yeah. I think what you do <laughs> is, is you offer priority to season ticket holders from last year. And I mean, they know that list and right. if people are willing to go, then they get first. And if they don't, then it goes to general sale and it'd probably be, you know, yeah. a couple hundred tickets at it, best. Yeah. I doubt anything would go up. I mean, if it, if it's like 1200, 1500 fans, like yeah. then our supporters would take every ticket. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and that would be fine <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because like, I mean, you can like hear the difference when like, you get a thousand people at one end of Anfield. You can still hear them. Yeah. <laughs> like it still makes a difference. And like, you know, uh, a thousand people in Keyworth would, would still be pretty loud. Um, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be concussive yeah, like it is now. It wouldn't be six, 7,000, but there'd be, there'd right. be supporters. Um, right. So right. Yeah. the other thing about the year that we're going into is that we may not have any MLS soccer to compete with. Yep. Um, uh, which is the last thing on our little list here of topics in, in world football. Um, if people don't know, MLS announced that they were going to. I, I'm going to. I'm, this is going to be kind of a little rant. Okay, I'm just going to get. So I'll, I'll mute MLS my mic has, so my swearing doesn't get yeah. picked up. <laughs> MLS has. Um, they 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 went to the MLS Players Association in the spring after everything shut down and said, listen, this is a disaster for us and we're going to lose too much money. We're going to have like, we need you to come back to the table and, and renegotiate the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. Um, I think it had two or three years yet to run and MLS players association could have just told them like, fuck you, you signed that contract, eat a bag of dicks. But instead they were like, okay, you're right. We are all in this together. We'll come back because MLS said at that point, like, if you don't come back to the thing, then we're going to have to declare force majeure and nullify our current contract with you because it was made under different circumstances. And after some back and forth, you know, with the Players Association understandably said, you know, we negotiated good faith. You know, you're the one who keeps all the profits. That's part of taking the risk. Sorry. Yeah. You know, Um, they said, okay, all right, fine. We'll come back. And they re- they renegotiated. They took less money. They took they have fewer you know fewer flights, fewer like you know all the things that they wanted. They took a little less of. Um, I, yeah, I think so they took my, like a 15 percent cut. Right, um, and it was like, but there were a lot of provisions in that CBA that were you know that were really negotiated hard on. Yeah, um, having more having more tra- uh, uh, more. Um, flying the games more basically getting private planes to fly to games some of the mls teams were not allowed to do because it gave an unfair advantage to the team that spent the money yeah and the players and the players are like wait a minute like we are the ones suffering like you know we're the ones who are not being able to recover and all that because we're going on commercial flights like yeah and so they they negotiated that away um well, MLS has just announced that they're going to declare force majeure anyway. Um, after the season now, just completed. <laughs> after the season just completed. The moment the season completed, they're like, whoops, force majeure. Um, so you got the players back to the table, got them to make concessions because of the pandemic. And now you're going to claim that the pandemic is why you have to declare the force majeure. I'm, I don't think you get two bites of that apple. 
No. I, I, w- I think that it's possible, and I'd like, you know, Alan would be the person who would know most about this. Um, it's possible that uh, there's a couple things that could happen. One is that this could get, like, a, a court could just tell MLS, no, you know, you, you brought them back to re- renegotiate because of the pandemic. You can't now claim the pandemic is the reason why you can't live up to the contract that you brought them back for. Yeah, to renegotiate in the first the, place. <laughs> to renegotiate for the pandemic. You know, it's, it's like saying, you know, like, I don't want any carrots. I'd like to negotiate that out. Um, and now I still, you know, there's no carrots, but I still feel like <laughs> yeah, fuck all the this carrot contract. content was more than I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, so that, that's a possibility that a judge will just be like, no, fucko, you got to live up to this. And MLS will spend the next several years complaining that they're going broke because of that, which, you know, who knows? Um, or, um, they strike. the union could vote to decertify themselves yeah. and that would leave MLS in a, in a big, like that would be a big problem for MLS. Um, especially, since they're they're probably going to face a national labor relations board that has been recently restocked with people who actually enjoy <laughs> labor doing their jobs arguments, um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this you know that this isn't yet another of those things where it's like, huh, let's see how MLS gets through this. Oh, they, very easily, fantastic. Again, <laughs> they somehow um, keep winning. But you know, this is a big dick move on the part of MLS and. Um, yet another reason why anyone supporting that league needs to, you know, get right with God and, 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 you know, find a different club. Um, you know, if you're in Chicago, Peter's about to open a new one. Just, just move over there. It's easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. You're, you're probably um, going to any... even know the field they play in, to be honest. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you like Bridgeview? Let's go back there. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, do you what what do you have that you'd like to rant about? Uh, <laughs> I just I I mean it's, it's like so you, it's just like really frustrating to see like I'm going to come from a supporter's end of it because that's where my focus yeah. has been from for like the last 8 9 years of my life. Uh is yeah. like I just as of like the way you ended your rant just like supporters how how have you not gotten right with God yet and how can you still support these owners and this league? Like, okay, I get it's your team. I get it. I get it. But it's 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 right. connected well, to know, this just like really bad organization. Like, right. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't think I think for a lot of MLS supporters, they don't they don't interface directly with the club very true. much. You know, they're supporters because they they have a social group. And they go to the you games know, and they see the people. Uh, yeah. yeah you know, and it's a group like somebody got you to go to a game and you hung out with those people and they were great and they were all kind of drunk and like, and like, you know, talking shit and it was great. You enjoyed <laughs> that. Like, and so you come back, and you're like, okay, I guess I'm a fire supporter, yeah. you know, but you're not really like most, I don't think most fans are like going to like after a few games, go home and like really study the roster yeah. and start to think like, you know, they're not deep nerds like me <laughs> or you, you know? So, you know, that's how, that's yeah. how is that it's, it's a social thing and you know, the football's important and they love football, but you know, they're not really dug into like what the club is doing and what the community is and what's the overarching story of like how MLS and SUM work together to keep out any innovation in American, you know, 
the American side of soccer. And that's um, so that to me is like the frustrating know. part is exactly what you said is like that's the whole like, that's what these SG should be doing is like getting people to interface more with the club and and to understand the issues affecting the club. Yeah, and but, but as an MLS, as a, I mean, I'll say it as an MLS supporter back in the day, like there's a strong disincentive to talk shit about MLS. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't like it, you know, and they're, they're like, um, you know, we're Americans. Yeah. And if you if you grow up in America, you grow up with blinders on about a huge number of things that happen in America. Um, that's a, like a, yeah, it's a true. part of it. You, you like to get along. You got to go along kind of. And that that we're we're inured to the to what we're missing. Yeah. A lot of times. And when you're the guy, you know, when I was the guy for like years <laughs> that would say like, OK, but MLS is shit. And this is a completely morally bankrupt system that contributes to bad outcomes for everyone but the owners. Um, and as as people who aren't owners, we need to like try to dismantle those systems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're just like, fuck, you're harshing my buzz, bro. Like we're here to do mallard shots and the like, you know, sing songs. And I get it. Right. I get it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to insist that people like put aside their comfy denial and come out here in the cold with you, you know, like they're like, mm, I'll, I'll just take the other pill. You know, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. Somehow. Alan, Alan just put so, up a good point in the chat too. Um, he said, most things that would sour people on it are, most things that would sour people on MLS teams are due to local fights with team management over local issues um, until more recently. And now the league's behavior is more of a thing that would sour uh, supporters in MLS. I think, you know, another thing that's happening with MLS is that the American football supporter is growing more sophisticated. Yes. Um, uh, massively more sophisticated than, say, 10 years ago. Um, so they're kind of platitudes and they're kind of usual ways of doing business. There's a lot more people kind of squinting at that now. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, something I find hugely encouraging that I've been following a lot of like, you know, other podcasts and other like content producers around lower league football. And there is a, there's a huge influx of, um, BIPOC. I don't know how you say that. Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> BIPOC. Um, oh, yeah. People really yes. digging it. People really, uh, BIPOC folks digging into, and queer folks um, really digging into MLS. And, you know, um, because uh, I think uh, they're like a lot of their cultural experiences and their understanding of things as, as an outsider, they don't, they don't feel as comfortable with these, the, 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 the kind league. of, white supremacists go along yeah. thing that MLS has always been doing. Um, so I'm starting, they're starting to get a lot of heat from those guys um, who really aren't connected to lower league football at all. Yeah. They're like MLS, you know, it's guys in like, it's New York's New York Red Bulls fans in, in New York city or Ad fans in Atlanta yeah. go, wait, wait, wait. Like our team was great, but what? Yeah. like this, what, a, you know, and you're like, yeah, guys, like, yeah, actually the league sucks. Your team is really just kind of it'll be the face of the league for as long as Arthur Blank is willing to spend all that money and then they'll just forget about yep. you as soon as Blank decides he wants to clamp it back down to a regular spend like sorry 
Um, goes. So, you know, there's, there's signs of hope anyway. Um, so, but you know, I'm always, yeah. I'm always I, that and way. I, I, <laughs> I think players should strike. I think SG should boycott. Like there's, you yeah. can't support this. <laughs> it's, it's entirely emblematic of the problems that we're facing in America in a way, but because now it's in soccer, we'll keep politics out of sight. No, like this is the same, this is all the same shit, <laughs> just a different yep. flavor. Right. Right. And you know, um, the, as someone who hopes that people can come to a more sophisticated understanding of um, the propaganda that we're being, you know, that we've consumed our whole lives. And, um, you know, I, I, it does seem hopeful to me that people are willing to, because for me, a lot of where this kind of dies is when you start talking about a structure of things. And like, it's just, there's a lot of people that are just like, woo, I'm sweet now. You said structure. (laughs) I can't talk, but I mean, these are, these are, you know, these are structural problems and those structures didn't organically produce themselves. They were created by, the people in charge to keep them in charge, right? And to and to kind of well, and it's reify their yeah, power. And it's the way USF um, is structured. It's the way MLS is structured. Yeah. It's the way yeah. business in America is structured. It's all part of the same thing, right. like you said. Right, right. So, uh, you know, hopefully, people can see the continuum of you know, like what a real uh, real market is versus the kind of fake markets that. MLS tries to create and all that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a discussion for another yeah. time. I'm <laughs> yeah. Tired. I'm tired of talking yeah. about it. I'm sure everybody's tired of listening to me talking about it. <laughs> and we're like, we're an hour and 25 minutes in, so we're... Yeah, we, we, need, to, we need to wrap this up. I just want to... Um, do, uh, do you have more to questions? Say? say or, or should we... Yeah, yeah. You have any more, do we have any more <laughs> stuff from the... From, from the peanut gallery? Uh, although, actually, I just learned that that's a bad... That's, that's a bad phrase, so I'm going to take that back. It has, like, roots and racism. Yeah. yeah, so don't don't say that, people. Oh, yeah. really? I always thought it was, like, circus. I did, too. It was, like, the peanut gallery. It was the people at the circus. I did, too, but apparently it's, why. like... <laughs> it was, like, the cheap seats or something, and it's, like, where it was, like, segregated. Oh. There's, there's some bad history there, so... Um, yeah. So okay. don't say it. Le- uh, lesson of the day. Lovely. Um, I'm trying to work that out of my everyday use. Okay. So, but <laughs> here's what I would like to end with, if that's okay, um, is talking about the guys who aren't coming back. Yep. Um, I know we already kind of did with Trevor, but um, you know, so let's start with Gene, uh, who we think his name might actually be Jean. And everybody called him Gene. <laughs> so we're sticking with Gene. I sus- my suspicion is that his name is Jean Baptiste because he's from Haiti. Yep. It's spelled J E A N in French. That's yep. Jean. But I have a feeling he moved to San Diego when he was, you know, a teenager and everybody called him Gene. And he was just like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wreck every one of these people. Yep. Um, but he, you know, was only with us a short time, um, came up huge as uh, as kind of he was like our third keeper when we started the tournament um and nate wasn't available all the time and parker had got kind of brutalized against stars in the opening game of the tournament um 
And so they, we, you know, kind of like, well, let's see what Gene has. And I mean, he played very well and won us the trophy. Yep. Um, Had some crucial so, saves in every game. Right. I know, yeah. He was, yeah. He wasn't called on a ton, but when he was called on, he, he performed. He had some huge saves. I know he, he was expecting a baby during the fall. I imagine that it's having the baby, and he's decided, okay. Um, so, you know, Gene, I'm not actually going to pour one out because I, I would pour it on myself, but <laughs> pour one out for you, in theory. Um, and then finally, Bakey. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bakey, who, like, I've talked, I've talked, you know, a lot about like Sean Lawson, um, on this, uh, podcast life and writing just in life. I talk a lot about yeah. Sean all the time <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally his mom pops onto Twitter and tells me that she likes yeah. it. It's great. Um, the, but Bakey to me has been the through line for the, for the teams that played the best football in, in city history. Um, which is 2017 and 2019. Those were our best teams. They were dominant teams. Um, they were dominant in a particularly kind of fun and pretty way, especially 2019, where we just like were feeding teams into the fucking wood chipper um, in, in MPSL and, um, you know, made a couple mistakes against Cleveland, or I think we were national champs. Yep. Like we were the best team in that yep. thing. And we just kind of shit the bed against the team, against a rival. Vinny fucking Bell. Really? <laughs> Vinny Bell. And, you know, I mean, it's God. tough. Um, uh, we didn't play great that game, and, and they did just enough to send it to penalties. God, I still haven't watched that game. But, I still haven't rewatched that game ever. <laughs> um, yeah. I. It's funny. Um, the other day I watched uh, highlights from our first Cleveland match where Vinnie Bell was the main problem in 2012. <laughs> realizing, like, motherfucker, how guy, old are you? For, like, a God damn fucking it, Vinnie decade, Bell. he's just been lighting our shit <laughs> <Exactly>. on fire. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you want good outcomes. I want to make you sad. Oh, um, Kryptonite, man. So, in, uh, like, getting back to Bakey. Bakey, uh, in a lot of ways, is a unique player to me. At this level, you don't see guys who do not turn the ball over uh, at this level um, in that role. I mean, I just, you know, that his, his ability to, to serve as the link between defense and, and attack um, was really next level. We watched him evolve as a player. Yeah. In 2017, he was very much like a deep line yep. guy. He tried to stay, tried to keep the play in front of him, and he tried to, he tried to release quick, partly because he had, you know, Tyrone Bondi. Yep out there where you could release quick and he would do some magic. Um, and then when he came back in 2019, a little different player had, had evolved during that year at Pittsburgh um, into a real two-way midfielder controller type um, and was just absolutely our best player. I felt, I felt like um, game in game out. Now there are players with higher top end than that, you know, Abdullah Jop, absolutely, yep. you know, a higher top end than anybody else on that team. Um, but I mean, like Trevor said, finding someone like we may have to kind of reconsider how we play mm -hmm. a little bit. Change we may styles. not be able to keep the ball yeah. quite so securely um, because we saw in the in the games we played without Bakey, 
we were not successful at keeping the ball. Yeah. It was um, hard. It was hard and, to watch a, a team struggle in the midfield when we were so used to absolutely dominating. Right. right. Exactly. Like we got so used to seeing the midfield just controlled by our guys um, that when you know when you start seeing people pass through us or or us making kind of weird wayward passes or, you know, causing breaks to having trouble getting the ball forward. Yeah. Right. Um, It's just, it was really, really, it's going to be really hard to replace him. And Bakey, if you're, if you're listening to this ever at any point, we're going to miss you, dude. And you've been fantastic. And I'm sure when you're in Detroit the next time or whenever for the rest of your life, you, you don't got to buy beers. Oh, man. Like, we'll take care of you. Just let us know. Um, just let us know. Like, yeah, if you're in the area, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jamie will put the word out if you're in the area. But, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, thank you. I, I really, you know, like like Trevor said, I kind of hope that he calls him in March and Bakey's like, you know what? Maybe I got one more in me. <laughs> That guy can come back. I mean, geez, you know, he's not, he's not old. He's like 26, yeah. 25. Um, so, you know, he's got plenty of time left to play if he wants to, but I understand that, you know, if you're a guy who wants to make some money and stack some money in the bank, playing for Nisa <laughs> team for 20 grand or whatever is not going to make that happen. So, you know, uh, I think that's what we're dealing yeah. with for a lot of these yeah. guys is, can you reconceive of your career at this level? Like, cause you're, cause you're coming out of college and you're thinking, you know, you got drafted yeah. by the Sounders and they cut him after two weeks or whatever. Um, I talked to Dave Clark, who is like one of the Sounders writers, you know, and asked him about Bakey back in the day, back in 2017, like, Hey, we just got this Bakey Goodman guy. And he was like, Oh, Douglas Goodman. I'm like, yeah, he's real, you know, everybody calls him Bakey. <laughs> like, he didn't know. Yeah. He, didn't, he did like, he was there. So it's such a short time. Dave Clark never knew that he had a like like, a, a, nobody calls him Douglas. Name, yeah. Right. He was like Douglas Goodman. I'm like, oh yeah, everyone calls him Bakey. He's like, yeah, he was all right, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't much. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, he looks fucking badass for us. Yeah. Um and that's you know, that's hard if you think that you're you're right there, you know, you're about to you Danny Deacon, you know, got drafted by Orlando City. You think you're coming back, think you're gonna do that, and then they just kind of eh, put you on the B team, cut you. Now you're adrift and you're not going to make $50,000 this year. You're going to make 20 if you want to play. And like, what's your end goal? Do you want to just play as a lower league player? Or are you going to try to climb the ladder again? Like a lot of that is what I think I have a feeling that Bakey, once he knew he was not going to get to uh, a first level team was kind of like, eh, all right. I don't know. Um, Well, he probably invests a lot of time into his game and to his fitness and oh sure and to make it worth it (laughs) and not getting paid is I mean you have to think of it like a job and so how much time are you investing into it versus you know what are you it's a career so what are you getting paid and right I mean you know I think for a lot of our guys it's more like it's a passion you're kind of oh you're glad to be able to make some money and you're you're kind of thinking that you're probably going to coach. So you're like, okay, well, I don't need to start coaching right now. I can keep playing and and get a little coaching on the side and kind of ease into that while I'm playing. Um, You know, I don't know. Um, It'd be nice if we could get to the point where we could offer guys, you know, middle-class wages to play for us. (laughs) That's the dream. Um, 
Yeah. But right now, like, um, like nobody working for the team is making middle class wages yeah. <laughs> to be frank. Yeah. So like, like we need to hold up. So to um, bakey, to bakey, I'm going to find something to pour this in. <laughs> oh, there it is. Bakey. Yeah, buddy, this one's for you. Pour it right over my keyboard. Is that even? Can you see it? Yeah, there we go. pour one out for you. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Becky. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, so, all right, I think I think we are going to start twenty twenty out twenty twenty one out correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we cannot groundhog groundhog year this. No. And um, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, thank you so much. Uh, definitely things to look forward to. Would like to get Tiffany on the podcast now that I know this is working and I think I can work out the technical details and do it seamlessly next time. Um, should be good to go there. And yeah, I don't have, you know, stay safe guys. Hope, I hope no one's going to any new year's parties. Um, yeah. <laughs> If, if you, you are, are, there's still time to rethink and get, keep your ass home. <laughs> if you are, hopefully it's outside and you're masked up, but just stay home. Just stay home. Yeah. No, look, let's be honest. You're like, at this point, like this, this shit is raging through our communities. Stay the fuck home. Stop thinking you're an exception. It takes one mistake by one of you for the whole group to get it. And, you know, then you want that on your, do you want to show up for a game next year and go, Oh yeah, that so-and-so is not here because I gave him COVID at the fucking new year's party. Well, Come you on. I want to be that. So stay no. safe guys. Um, we'll see you soon. Uh, probably a couple weeks. We'll put out another episode. Um, I'm, I'm Maybe busy next. Longer. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> depends on, it depends on if there's news and, and yeah, we what's need some news. On. So, um, right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you again, Trevor. If you <laughs> have listened to all yeah. of the hour and 36 minutes of this. Um, Man, I really hope he hasn't listened to us blow the air. So. <laughs> no, <he's good>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you, let's, you, can, you can take us out, Sean. All right. Well, uh, love and light to everybody. We'll see you in 2021. We're going to fuck two things right now. <laughs> Ohio, of course. One. One. Ohio. And 2020. Fuck Ohio. Fuck 2020. Fuck 2020. Good night, guys. That's it.